Hello, friends, and welcome to episode number 176 of the Personal Arrogance Podcast. I am your host, Jesse, the husband, Wilson. And with me, joining me this week, is her podcast debut, Tasha, the wife, Wilson. That's you. That's me. Uh, did you know in Australia they say debut they don't say debut oh i thought you were just being a goofer no it really annoys me it's one of those annoying things about australians that i hate <laughs> great yeah how are you doing i'm good i'm a little a little nervous of this whole podcast thing i know isn't newbie. it maybe i should close this thing that has all the sound waves i know it's kind of scary it's scary but at the same time it's cool it is cool but yeah now, um, I, now I feel like i'm silent if you close it uh, yeah, we don't want that. We don't want you to be silent because we want all your interesting takes on this a very special episode of the Personal Arrogance Podcast. We're blowing the hinges off of the regular format. Today is going to be craft beer news and reviews and debuts. Delicious. And the booze. The booze. Um, yeah, so we're gonna, we're doing a pilot episode this week of a show that's going to be coming to the Bald Move Network called Drunk and Married, where Tasha and I go over the news, the greatest, the latest, what's happening, what's uh not happening. And the tastiest, of course. The tastiest of the beer world. So we're going to be trying that out today. Uh, but before we do that... uh. Sticking to some traditional personal arrogance theme, uh, let's just discuss a little bit how we're going. I went outside just now, just went outside, mm -hmm. outside this house that we're in right now recording. Right. To get an uh, issue of the new brewer out of my car. Mm -hmm. Bagpipes. What? Bagpipes were playing. Where? I don't know. I think it was from that hippie commune across the way. What? Yeah, they were like full on playing like. You know, like the bagpipe, well, yeah. like when someone dies, like when it, oh no, yeah, like when someone dies and they play him a bagpipe tribute. That was happening outside our door. That's weird. We live in a weird place. We do live in a weird place, and there's a hippie commune not that far away. I didn't even know that. Where is it? It's like across the uh, the green belt. Yeah, across the green belt. I think that's where. Eamon lives. Anyway. Oh, weird. Okay. Inside info here. I'm pretty sure if we followed that game trail, oh, I think it, we would end up on the hippie commune. Probably. Yeah. Huh. So that might be an experiment. That might be a roving podcast <laughs> for another day where we find the hippie commune. Yes, I like it. Adventure. Yeah. Have you been? Uh, Pretty good. Chilling, illin'? Chilling. Getting uh, some artwork done for Christmas. That's cool. Yeah. I fell asleep as soon as I got home. I'm glad that I was able to rally. Yeah, that's why I, I sicked the baby on you so you could wake <laughs> up. Yeah, I thought I thought I was gonna go to Sleepy Town. So we have a theme this week. Um where we're gonna review three beers. Here we have Almanac. 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 Almanac or Almanac? I've always heard Almanac. How about all Almanac? No. How about Almanac? Now I just feel like I'm that Geico commercial. That racist Geico commercial. Oh, which one? <laughs> Good point. So we have their Extra Pale Ale, whatever that means. Mm -hmm. um, that's going to be our first beer. We have the IPA from Caldera. And then we have the Worthy Brewing Worthy IPA. 
the beer so worthy, they said that it's worthy twice. Yeah. So the theme here is hops. And I also have some information about 2013 hop report from the Brewers Association. Mm. And a little update about uh, gluten brewing. So why don't you go ahead and uh, pour us a little bit of that farm-to-bottle extra pale ale from Almanac. Okay. And I'll talk a little bit about how it looks. It's a pretty cool bottle. Almanac is all screen-printed bottles, which I think is a good move. I don't know the cost ratio, how much it costs to uh, screen print versus labeling. It seems like it should be expensive to me. Yeah, I'm imagining it's pretty spendy. But it looks really cool. It does. It's beautiful. I was talking about this to one of the bartenders at work today. I am like a magpie when it comes to buying beer. If you got a shiny label, I go right to it. Yeah, it's definitely a marketing trick. But it's beautiful label. I think it is beautiful. I got. I'm gonna take a taste of this bad boy right now. Oh God! That just means I gotta just now you keep have to talking. fill air. Oh no. Um. Yeah, it's a really pretty bottle. It's got this cool tree and like you can see all the roots on it. And uh, yeah, I don't even know. Farm to bottle. You know that's good. It's not super hoppy okay, as I turn. expected. It's extra pale ale, which I'm imagining extra meaning extra booze factor. And uh, definitely the malt character comes through. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even really call it an IPA, and they don't call it an IPA. But yeah, but I wouldn't call it a pale. You don't think? Why not? No, it's just a little bit too hoppy. I think. Yeah, it's got a, it's got a really robust hop flavor for sure. It's got like that, that hoppy bite. Not it, a bad bite, but it almost falls in like a no man's land. Yeah, it's definitely, it's not quite a pale, but it's not quite a full on IPA. Right. It's pretty drinkable though. I wonder what the ABV on this is. We're gonna get we're gonna get snockered by the end of this, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, that's be great. Uh, quick aside, what are some of your favorite words to describe being inebriated? Schnockered, I like. Schnockered is a good one. Um, now you put me on the spot. Now I don't even know. I'm like drunk. Wasted. Wasted. Um, sloshed. Sloshed is a good that one. That was a good one. Sloshed makes me sick just saying the word. Yeah. Is the thing. I, I might have been called slosha at some point in my <laughs> life. I don't, I don't necessarily know that I need to hear about this. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. Alcohol is 6.8, which is, a, well, actually, that's, that's a pretty robust pale. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's borderline double territory when you're getting it. If it were 7%, I think. Yeah. You definitely want to call that. But, I mean, they're calling it the extra pale ale, so. That's true. They're totally, totally right to do so, in my opinion. Oh, and it says uh, it's brewed with heaps of sweet mandarin oranges. Yeah, you're right. I actually can't. it so much, but. No, take another drink here. I feel like it's coming through a little bit more in the bitter factor. Uh, I mean, oranges aren't necessarily known for being sweet. But it's got like a citrusy. You could have you could have fooled me and just told me it was a natural citrus flavor mm-hmm. coming from the hops. But now that I'm tasting that and you let me know, I can definitely detect some sort of yeah, maybe more of like orangey, like an orange peel more than the orange juice. Yeah, definitely more of the orange peel. It reminds me of like when you finish eating your orange mm-hmm. and you put the orange peel in your mouth and do that thing where you're like, it looks like your teeth. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I'm getting that kind of flavor. Yeah, it's, I wouldn't have recognized it as an orange beer. I wouldn't have either. Honestly, if you hadn't told me, I don't think I would have detected that. Yeah, it's a bit surprising. 
I feel like we've had other stuff from Almanac before. We have. We had their Saison uh, that I love. Yeah, that was really good. This this wasn't the great. I mean, it's good, but I don't I don't know if I would go for it again. That's the thing about Almanac is I think I had their best beer the first time. Yeah, we were spoiled. Yeah, exactly. Which I don't know. Like, how do you do that as a brewery if uh, you want to have this awesome beer in your rotation, but Maybe your other beers don't live up to the hype. <laughs> like, that's yeah. the standard you're setting. Like, think, how do you do that? I think you have to have a really solid flagship oh. and get that out there and be really reliable with that one. Totally. Yeah, and a pale ale isn't necessarily something you might want your flagship to be. So, yeah. it's almost like a Cash 22. I, I'm expecting good stuff from Almanac. I like this a lot. This is the flip side to this conversation is... They set an extremely high standard for themselves. That's true. So maybe this doesn't live up to the standard that they've set for themselves. Yeah, it's still an exceptional beer. I think this is great. Yeah. Here's a good time, actually. I want to, um, I want to establish a grading system. Oh, yeah. So I hate grading systems. I especially hate, um, uh, beer advocates because it's like, They'll be like, 90 to 100 is a great beer, it's mm-hmm. world class, and then 80 to 70 is blah, 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 and it's like, anything below 60, don't even drink it. So it's like, why is that even on your scale? Yeah. Like, make, make 61, then. Yeah. And instead, they have over half of their own imposed, self-imposed grading scale they're not able to use, because it's undrinkable, and then it's also like... Well, this beer is a 72, but this beer, this beer right here, that's a 73. It's like, what is the difference between a 72 and a 73 on a totally subjective scale? You know, it doesn't make yeah, sense. So, it doesn't. So now, now we have a chance to establish a better rating scale to be used on the Drunk and Married podcast. And so I was thinking, I like letter grades. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking, but then that's sort of the exact same thing, like... If you go all the way down, an F is anything less than 60%, right? Right, but just, we'll just throw that out the window. The <laughs> yeah. whole, like, F equals 60. It's just, I mean, we could do the same thing on 1 through 5. So, yeah, I think we'd start with C. Mm-hmm. C being truly average for a craft beer, mm-hmm. which is probably good. Yeah, yeah Your so average like, craft beer is good. Good. Drinkable. So, I think that should be, like, a C should be... um a beer that's fine, but I'm not going to seek it out. Yeah. And okay. then, so we go up from C. Maybe it was silly of me to start in the middle, but that's how I roll. That's okay. So B is a beer that's really good, and I'll if I see it, I'm going to drink it, you know? Like, yeah. if I see it on tap or I see it at, at the bottle shop, that's what I'm going to grab. That would be a B. Mm-hmm. And that's a high score. Yeah. A would be a beer that I'm actively seeking out. I'll go out of my way to get this beer. I like it. D is something that I tried it once, probably won't get it again. Mm-hmm. F, the rare F is like, I'm dumping this out right now. Yeah. So, and then, you know, A, you, you can go like B plus, C minus, whatever. You can kind of adjust okay. with the pluses and minuses. But I think that's a scale that we should be using. Yes, I like it. Cool. So this beer, I might call it a C. A C? Yeah. It's, yeah. I I don't know. I, I don't know if I I'm definitely not going to go out of my way to get it. Mm-hmm. I don't senses in bottle. Um, I'm probably not going to buy it 
unless it was like a cheap six pack, which I don't see happening. Yeah. I kind of feel like I would be willing to try it again just to see if it's different because something tells me that it might be different next time. Yeah. And if I saw it on draft, I don't, I've never even seen an almanac draft. Yeah. I don't think I have either. It's like a unicorn or something. I hope it exists, but I'm not sure that does. So I might give this one a C plus. Yeah. I think I would go C plus. Cool. Yeah. Well, agreement is the heart of discourse, especially entertainment. Mm-hmm. So we'll move on from here. Here's the thing about, uh, we're, we're learning what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. We got a lot of beer here I still. Know. What are we so. going to do? Just chug? I guess just chug. Maybe, maybe we need a, uh, a glass that we can pour into. Oh, okay. Should I grab one? Yeah. I'm just going to pause real quick. Okay. That's the magic idea. of podcasting. <laughs> and we're back. Uh, next up, we have the Caldera IPA, which I'm not even sure if it has a name. Is it just called Caldera IPA? Yeah, I think so. And, I mean, this is an interesting discussion in itself. Do you need a name for your beer? If you're Brewery mm. X, why can't you just call it X IPA? Do you need to call it like yeah. Splash in the Face or Hop Hops Out the Butthole? I think it's mostly like... If you just call it IPA, then you can't have any other IPA. So that's going to be the only one you can have. Yeah, that is true. And But at the same time, there's so many brands, there's so many names out there. And it's essentially what wine did. Because there, yeah, there was a nan- or a micro wine revolution in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like it was earlier than that even. Yeah, 80s, 90s. I don't know. I don't drink that fermented mm-hmm. grape garbage. But the point is, um, they basically decided you have your vineyard name and then you have the style. So it'll be like, right, yeah. four sheets to the wind, um, Pinot Grige, four sheets to the wind, uh, Merlot or whatever. Yeah. And I, I honestly wouldn't mind seeing that in the craft beer world because it decomplicates things, simplifies yeah. is the word. I think it's because we're just keep on coming up with more, you know, now there's IPAs, there's double IPAs and there's Northwest pale ales. There's so many that are so similar. Yeah. There's definitely know. less defined style guidelines yeah. when it comes to beer. Yeah. And part of the, the whole craft beer revolution is defying style. So I think brewers would be, um, a little reluctant to relinquish that kind of control. Yeah. So you took a drink. What do you think? I really like it. I'm going to take one more drink because. Go for it. So this it. is a canned beer. This is, uh, our second beer. First of two canned beers, actually, which actually sp- speaks to the influence that canning is having on the, uh, craft beer market for sure. Yeah. This is really tasty. I wouldn't have, I mean, sometimes canned beer, you think it would have like a, a little bit of a metallic taste, but this is really good. It's, really smooth and sweet um it's just a little bit hop hoppy it's not as hoppy as the almanac which is weird because it's an actual ipa yeah i don't know man i i might say this is more hoppy i think it's more complex i'm picking up a, a certain bitterness yeah it's a little bit bitter but it has a lot more like aroma and just more complex flavor oops oh, oh no. christ Party foul. That's our first spill of the podcast. Uh, I'm going to pause. We cleaned up the mess. <laughs> <laughs> it was a line from the mixer to the um, 
computer. It wasn't. It was not a drunken fumble. Sure. Mm-hmm, not gonna. Li- I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> for whatever that's worth. Uh, anyways, we had spill. Cleaned it up. So I'm looking at this can, and it's really colorful. It's super colorful. This is me, the magpie. I'm like, that's a colorful can. I'll buy that. Yeah. Yeah, it's totally like party can. Like, it's <laughs> funny that, I mean, even five years ago, before like all the craft beers started coming in cans, if you went down the aisle, the beer aisle, and looked at all the canned beer, they were all like blue, red, and silver, basically. That's true. And gold a little bit. So maybe? You mean you mean the uh, macros? Yeah, like that all is, their all their beer yeah. cans. It, it's the red, white, and blue baby. Yeah, I guess because so. if you if you're American. not buying one of those cans, let me break it to you: you're not American. <laughs> that's true. So so that's kind of an interesting twist on the whole canning thing. Yeah, this one's like yellow and purple. Yeah, and it has the green like, on the leaves. Yeah. And then it has the black. It's got the cauldron. Yeah, cauldron. The caldera cauldron, as I like to call it. Out of Ashland, Oregon, this brewery is. Caldera's making some good stuff. They're doing some collaboration yeah. on the draft beer and stuff. Speaking of which, I need to I need to get my keister down to um Mike. Rainy Days. At Rainy Days yeah. and do, do the collabo he wants to do. Yeah, that sounds like fun. Yeah, I need to call him and talk to him. I'm just afraid. I want to really let him know, like, because he wants to do a farmhouse for Belgian Fez. Mm. But I really want to talk to him about brewing with Britannomyces because yeah. that's scary. It it really is yeah. scary. Yeah, like, you don't want to infect your whole brewery. Exactly. The whole bugger gets around. And I just want to, I don't know how much experience he has with it, but I want to let him know, like, I almost, like, poop my, well, yeah, I, I I had a low risk situation because I was brewing with Britannomyces at home, and I thought that batch was gonna go right down the drain because I was like, "This is moldy. This oh, thing yeah. molded." It looks and, so weird. But that's just Britannomyces, baby. Yeah. And if it makes sense now, I read uh uh Wild Brews Brewing Beyond the Influence of Brewers Yeast or whatever. And they talk about Britannomyces, and it literally means British brewing mold. Yeah, so instead of like just the regular yeast on the top, it looked like there was mold. Exactly. Was it colored? It's like white and green. It looks Weird. just like mold. Even though it is yeast, it looks exactly like mold. Huh. So, like, that spooked me for sure. Yeah. Anywho, um, I'm going to jump to a little topic here, because I got an issue of the new brewer in front of me, which is... uh. The Journal of the Brewers Association, Volume 30, Number 6, Volume 30, Number 6. I don't know why I said that twice. Uh, November, <laughs> December 2013, Raw Materials Issue. Mm, raw. Yeah, I, li- I like my materials. Like, I like my... Food? Uh, I was going to say that, but I actually like my food cooked. Yeah. I actually like my materials cooked, too. Yeah, yeah, I'm not really <laughs> a fan of the whole uh, fresh hop. You're not fresh off man? No, I don't like that. Mm, a good fresh off is really good in my opinion. But um so for the third year in a row, Chinook, in terms of hoppage, we're talking the BA hop usage survey, Chinook prov- uh proved the third favorite crap oh, craft hop <laughs> use. Wow. I'm spilling beers. I'm uh, slurring my speech. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm drunk. hearing uh, bagpipes. 
But so, uh, Chinook is number three, Centennial number two, and once again, and again and again, back into the dim mists of 2007, the number one craft beer hop use, you can guess it, I can guess it, we can all guess it, Cascade. Oh, of course. It's Cascadia, baby. Yeah. The Cascadian Revolution. This is the hop that has defined the craft beer movement, and it continues to be the number one hop on top when it comes to hopping on pop. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It's, I think it's because I have the microphone now. Usually I use the headset. Oh. But just ha- it, it's making me act like a DJ, like for KZOK. Oh, great. A nonstop block of classic rock coming up. We got, oh, we got the hammer of the gods themselves. Zip. Followed by a nonstop block of Aerosmith. Anyways, <laughs> uh, um, so let's see. We got a good. I uh, I uh, highlighted oh, this God. entire paragraph. That so was a big paragraph. I, I'll I'll read this one here. I like this a lot. Okay, I think it kind of sums up the uh, survey, as it were. Friendship and sentimentality aside, Cascade has been a performer, a workhorse, and a pleasant aroma hop. Perhaps not as intense or fierce as the upstarts with the trademarks and the evocative names. But the soundest aroma pillar perennially out there. Like the North Star is proven steady enough to navigate by. A beacon bright and clear. Responsive to demand by large and small brewers alike over the past few years. Especially as the former turned increasingly away from the stalwart Willamette. Cascade cultivation rose by about 22% each year from 2010 through 2012. They're growing a lot of this shit, and they're growing more and more of it every year, and it is continuing to influence the styles of beers that are the most popular in the United States, mm-hmm. which is the IPA, in yeah. terms of craft. I mean, I think you just, you, you find a good good hop, and you want to stick to it. Yeah. And this is the hop, though. I mean, this this hop defines the craft beer revolution. Everything is Cascade. Every brewer brewing... A, uh, IPA is a Cascade based IPA. Um, even beers that aren't necessarily hop forward. Brewers are using them as a bittering hop. And it's such a cool hop. And yeah, it, it really diverse. totally personifies what this craft beer revolution is about. It is the flavor of the revolution and it continues to be so. And it's exciting. That is very cool. Yeah, I like how every well, not everything, but a lot of the hops are all named off after after our area. I know too. that's what makes it cool. Yeah, the Cascade. Yeah, Chinook, there's Mount Hood, Chinook, exactly. But yeah, the Hood. And uh, yeah, Cascade cultivation uh, rose twenty two percent. Blah blah blah. Uh, this past year, staggeringly. Oh my! Staggeringly. Its acreage jumped by 65% with much of this increased production being shipped off overseas. So not only is it the Northwest beer revolution, American craft beer revolution, this is becoming the hop of the world as the Cascade hop has grown in our backyard. That's so crazy. It is. It is crazy because craft beer... It's just one little valley. Yeah. The Yakima Valley. It does it all. Exactly. The Yakima Valley is becoming this... A hotbed of craft revolution and just the flavor of beer is being defined by Washington State. That's cool. That is very cool. 
Did I tell you one time I went to, when I was in Australia, I went to this little uh, microbrewery and um, I was excited. It was in Canberra, which is cool. And this was before I was a real big beer geek. I wish I had spent more time there. I wish I had offered my services to work there, honestly. How old were you? Um, I was like 21, hmm. 21, 22. But um, I went to this little, really like a hole-in-the-wall brewery that was making some great ales in Canberra. And I had one of my favorite beers that I had the entire time I was in Australia. And I go outside. I'm like, wow, that place, they really knock my socks off, which is apparently my phrase of the day. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't have any socks on. So. That's true. They got knocked off again <laughs> just thinking about it. <laughs> and um, they had some hops growing outside just decoratively mm-hmm. for, um, it was like growing up a, uh, a wire or whatever yeah. outside. And it was... Cascade Hops from Oregon. I was oh, like, weird. I flew halfway across the world to uh, drink a beer that really impressed me, but it was made by with hops from my that's crazy hometown. You so. think that Australia could come up with some really great hops because it's like the perfect arid soil. The They're getting there like. now. Yeah, I made that. I made that lager with the Australian topaz. Oh, yeah, that's right. And yeah. it's super citrusy, super cool. Yeah, that so. was yummy. Like very pineapple-y. It was good. Yeah, Southern Hemisphere hops are becoming a big thing. Um, so apparently, on the Cascade kick, it's not just a micro thing. It's hitting the macro world. Oh, apparently, um, Heineken Light. Oh, God. One of my all-time favorites. Uh-huh. Um, is <laughs> declaring itself to be emboldened by Cascade hops. Whoa. So, it, I mean, it's, it's making a big splash. Not just on the small scale, on the big scale with the big boys. They're listening. Yeah. And they're trying to. Well, because all their uh, their clientele are getting taken over by all these little crafties. Yeah, exactly. That is true. And that's the one thing that's, that's what is separating the climate of today from like the 90s mm-hmm. is um, there's a much more stable craft environment right now than there was in the 90s because there was that craft bubble that collapsed in the 90s yeah but yeah there was i didn't i didn't know bubble yeah collapsed. i don't know enough about it because i obviously wasn't a drinker when i was four years old yeah but uh there was a craft bubble in the 90s in like seattle and everything mm-hmm. and but it got too big and apparently a lot of outside money got pumped into it because they thought they could just create like a craft or like a microbrewery brand and hmm. be successful. So I guess there's a bunch of garbage beer out there. Weird. And then it collapsed on itself. But then the industry kind of was reborn after that. And yeah. what we're seeing now is a much more solid. Yeah, it's very stable. Right. Yeah, so um, let's see. Here we have uh, average hop rate pounds per barrel per <laughs> breweries so um beer uh breweries are less than 2500 barrels of production they're getting a uh, 2.93 pounds per barrel of hop usage wow and it goes per barrel yeah whoa and then there's a pretty stark drop off if you're in the 2 2500 to 25000 range it drops down from 2.9 to 1.4 
Weird. So the real little guys are using almost twice as many hops as the big boys. Do you think it's just because they're focusing on IPAs and like more complex stuff, whereas the big guys are like, we need to get a very sessionable lager out there that doesn't require very much, but we'll drink and sell. I well, I think you're right. Um, I think the little little guys can distinguish themselves by putting more hops in there. Yeah. And having a much more hop forward beer. I think efficiency is also an issue. I don't think the little guys are getting as much bang for their buck from their hop usage because their equipment just isn't as good. Mm, yeah, maybe. But yeah, so there, there is a stark drop off. And, uh, apparently in the craft beer industry, uh, 87% of hops used are grown in the United States, which is pretty cool. Wow. Yeah, that's good. 12% imported. Cool so. There you go. 12%? Yeah. That said, there are shortfalls this last year, which are new, that the Chinook Centennial and Cascade um, are making the list of uh, hops that brewers are reporting as a shortfall. What do you mean? That they're not getting enough of it. Oh. So demand is really it's high. Just, even demand's the, gone too far. Yeah. As Cascade continues to be more and more popular, more and more people grow it. Um, they're reporting, you know. Yeah. Well, it takes a few years to get those hop plants going. That is true. So, so hopefully it'll stabilize. But 6.8% of breweries, small breweries, are reporting shortages in Cascade hops. 12% reporting uh, shortages in Centennial. And this is the big one, is Amarillo. There's yeah. been a nationwide Amarillo shortage, which has hit. I remember that happening when we were working together. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it, Amarillo continues to be short and um I think a lot of a lot of breweries were making Amarillo Amarillo is a cool hop. I think a lot of breweries it's yummy. Yeah. had um It's got a good mellow flavor. Yeah. Yeah, but I I've never brewed with Amarillo. Well, maybe uh maybe I did, but it's gone now. Yeah. Long long ago. So, um Maybe we should jump to our third beer here. Yeah, I drank all my beer. You I drank really all your beer. One. Mine's going in the uh, the dumpster. So mm-hmm. why don't you tell us a little bit about this Worthy can? Well, Worthy. Let's take a look at it. It's the Worthy IPA. We've been to Worthy. Tell us about we your have. experience there. Oh, gosh. Well, I really liked Worthy. It was probably my favorite brewery in Bend, which is hard to say because there's so many great breweries in Bend. There's... We went to like 13. So, um, yeah, Worthy was really, it's just a great, great little brewery. Um, this can is, uh, pretty simple, Magpie, but <laughs> it's shiny it's, though. It is shiny. That's why I bought it. It's got the shiny silver and a nice, like, lime green. Um, it is appealing. I noticed they both have the little green pull tab thingies. It's oh, yeah. Cool. Uh, before we jump to this, that's true. They do both have green pull tabs. Man, I am so predictable. Mm. If you put a shiny can out there with a green pull tab, I'll buy it. Yeah. That's a fact. We yeah, need to grade the Caldera. Oh, I I would give that a B. I would get it again for sure. I'll give it a C. Yeah. I thought it was like fairly average. I don't think I would really be... Well, maybe I'll, I'll give it a C+. Plus. I'm interested to see more of what Caldera can do, but that particular beer... I'm not super thrilled with. Yeah, I kind of wish that they would name the IPA. 
Oh, yeah? Yeah. I've kind of come around to that. How about magpie? <laughs> That's good. That's How about good. shiny can? Shiny can. Well, it's kind of weird. They don't really have much of an explanation to their... I mean, I guess a little cauldron is good, but it makes me think kind of Halloween-y. Yeah, and this uh, Worthy IPA, which Anyways. is another beer that doesn't really have a name, it's got a really green smell, super hoppy. It almost smells like a fresh hop. It does, a little bit, yeah. It's got a lot, a lot of aroma to it, but Leafy. not necessarily distinct hop flavor, just kind of general hoppy Yeah, just hoppiness. green, green yeah, plant. exactly. I should take a drink there. This is uh, clocking in at 6.9% alcohol. So again, this is another big boy. That's good. Um, it's not super hoppy or bitter. It's not very bitter. You know, this is really smooth. It yeah, is super smooth. I, I'm wondering if this is sort of that hop burst technique, where most of your hops, if not all of your hops, are added at the end. At the end. Yeah. Of the boil, not not so much towards the near boil. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Yeah, it's very smooth. It just has a lot of good flavor hops yeah it's got a nice body to it i wonder if it's uh it's definitely got some wheat in there somewhere yeah you think it's so? almost like a creaminess wheaty mm-hmm. sort of pleasant I, I mean that could be flake barley too just a ton of flake barley for body but yeah this is really nice yeah yeah it's nice light color too clear yeah where they had a they had a big a pretty big facility on the outside of town in bend yeah um a little out of the way but they have a big space with plenty of room to expand Mm -hmm. i think it was built with expansion in mind which is a smart way to make a brewery i think yeah yeah it was really great essentially buy the biggest warehouse you can find yeah totally yeah it was a good idea i love how bend had the uh ale trail set up because otherwise i don't know if we would have made it there yeah totally and yeah as someone who's potentially thinking of starting a brewery in the future, you know, mm-hmm. a city like Bend and possibly Spokane up and coming where actually the city will go out of its way to endorse your brewery because they know it's good for tourism. Yeah. That's so smart and so it cool. so smart. It's super smart for them as a because you're going to get people like you and I. Yeah, totally. Who are going to go there. We went there for our honeymoon. Like, yeah. Screw Hawaii. Well, we kind of went there too. But. Well, true, but, <laughs> but yeah, Bend was actually Las my Vegas. favorite. I enjoyed Bend more than Hawaii. Hawaii I did too. too. But yeah, it was just—it's a beautiful place. It's all dry and it's got the mountains. And there's this craft beer culture that's getting bigger yeah. and bigger. Where I—I I think more and more people are would want to go to a town simply because there's a bunch of craft beer, especially if it's fran- family friendly like yeah. Bend is. I remember we ran into my friend there that was from Los Angeles. <laughs> that was funny. Because he was checking out beers for their little tap house. And uh yeah, he was there with his family. Yeah, exactly. Um it's a cool family friendly environment and I don't yeah, we were able to go to, I mean, the Ale Trail was like 13 destinations and every single one of them you can bring a kid to. Mm-hmm. And when we went to the Silver Moon, oh yeah, we weren't allowed to bring uh, Russell Nisha inside, but they were like, yeah, we'll open up this door and we'll put this table outside and we'll yeah, serve you outside. They're really nice. Yeah, they're really accommodating. And I don't know, it's just a smart move if you're a small town. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so that was cool. 
Worthy was cool. That was our last stop. We drove back to Portland, so. Yeah. We didn't really get to fully appreciate it because it was like, all right, let's buy one beer, get the stamp. Yeah. And we'll go get our free prize, which turned out to be a rubber tiny pint glass. Yeah. Which I was a little bummed out about. Silicone cup. Yeah. I was hoping for like a glass. I thought it, I thought it was going to be a nice pint glass, but no such luck. Silicone or whatever it is. The silly pint. Silly pint. Wacky pint. Um, whatever. I also likes to play with it. I mean, Russell Nisha. Russell Nisha lives <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, we should slap a grade on this bad boy. Um, let me take one more drink. I, I think I'm going to give it a B minus. If I saw it on draft, I might pick it out, um, yeah. depending on what other selection there was, but I'm not necessarily going to seek it out. I think I'd give it a B minus too. I actually, I feel like if I was to have like a whole pint of something, I would rather have the Caldera IPA. You know, of of the three of them, I think the Worthy is my favorite. Yeah, it's really good. It's really well balanced. The Almanac was cool. Yeah, it had its own thing going. Yeah, I like a beer that has its own thing going for <laughs> sure. Well, there you have it. Those are our three IPAs, and that's the... uh cascade hop report news um yeah i had some information about uh gluten-free but basically um gluten-free is going to continue to be the way it was uh gluten-free is considered misleading when used in the labeling and advertisement of alcohol beverages to describe an alcohol beverage produced a product made with any amount of wheat barley rye or crossbreed hybrid of these grains, or any ingredient derives from these grains. Hmm. So if you use any sort of uh, wheat, barley, or rye, you're not allowed to call it gluten-free. I I thought it was just wheat, but I guess... Oh, barley's a total gluten monster. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. I guess I never really thought about it. I thought rye would be... I don't know. I don't, yeah, I mean, I think rye, rye is pretty closely related to barley. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I'm just thinking back to when I worked in a bakery and we had like a 100% rye bread, which was like a brick, but it was really, it was really good. It was rye. rye was it all swirly? Like when you cut it, that's what I like about rye bread is when it's but, like swirly. But that that's rye bread mixed with a different dough. Oh, really? And they fold it in together. That's that's my favorite part of it. It's the it swirliness. Pretty. Yeah, it is really pretty. Yeah. Just keep eating it because it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> So that takes us to the Facebook roundup here. Um, every week we will post when there's an upcoming episode. I was a little late this week. Um, but, uh, you responded in force. So mm-hmm. I like that. Um, here's a great question, Tasha. And okay. I mean, this could be a podcast in and of itself. Oh my. And it might spawn another 45 minute <laughs> conversation from great. Angela Martinez. If Frazier was around now, would he enjoy craft beer? If so, what kind? Hmm. That is an interesting question. I feel like Niles would, because there was that one episode where he was like trying to be like Marty and he was getting all drunk on cheap beer. Yeah. But I, I, I feel like the Crane brothers could... I don't know. Maybe don't they know. would. Maybe they wouldn't, though. Maybe they would look down their nose at it. But I feel Man. like oh, Frazier wow. is always wearing like flat. He go he he likes to play out a type. That's true. Niles, I feel like would 
be the beer, uh, the wine snob forever, but Frazier likes to pretend he's a tough guy. Yeah. And he'll wear the flannel sometimes, unironically. Yeah, I feel like he would probably be like, Oh yeah, I love a good IPA, but he wouldn't really, that's like what all newbies say, <laughs> is that they really love IPA when it's like, do you really? Isn't that what we just did? Well, <laughs> <laughs> that was the first, when I first had craft brews, I think I just went to IPAs because I knew what it was. Right. If you had put a Saison in front of me, I would have been like, I don't know what that means. Although I probably would have. Here's the thing though. I could totally see a great episode of Frasier mm-hmm. where he gets into craft beer oh my God. and totally obsesses over yeah, it and yeah. becomes like a craft beer master. Super addict. Yeah. Yeah. No, I could see that happening. So, uh, yes, Frasier would. Niles, maybe not. You don't think so? I don't think he could. I think Niles has too much going on already. He's perpetually distracted. Yeah, he's, he's got the the love life. Marty, life. here's the thing, though, is like the episode. Ooh, ooh. Mm. But Daphne Daph- would totally be into oh, it. Oh, yeah. Here's the thing. Okay, so it, it, the episode starts with like Frazier trying a craft beer at a bar. Mm-hmm. It's like a new thing. Yeah. It's like, ooh, I, I actually like this. Yeah. And then um the whole episode is about like Fraser trying to get Marty to try it and Marty's like, Ah, I'm not ah, yeah. I'm not interested. Like, but then he tries it and he's like, Ooh <laughs> and he really likes it. And then Sounds he gets like him. <laughs> <laughs> He gets Daphne or Daphne drinks one of his beers because mm-hmm. that could be like a subplot is like Marty's always like I'm always out of beer. I thought I had beers, but it turns out that Daphne's been sneaking them oh, the whole yeah. time. She starts sneaking marty's craft beer oh snap and then she gets into it and then everyone loves it but niles detests it he he hates it but he has to pretend to like it oh yeah i could see that yeah yeah man anyway so this has been the fraser cast the actual question if Fraser was around oh, now, would he, would he enjoy craft beer? So yes, I think it would yeah rob zip says uh the craft beer market has lots of room to grow and it seems like it's finally taking a bite out of the mega breweries. At what point do you think the bubble will burst? It won't. That's just me saying. And what will it take to keep those craft breweries open? Like I said, I think that the craft beer industry right now is on much, much stronger footing than it was in the 90s when there was a bubble that burst. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I think it's a pretty stable you know, you I think like, it's super stable. You like something. The only thing that's going to make you stop drinking beer is Alcoholics Anonymous, <laughs> basically. Um, yeah. You're trying to say something? No. Right. no. <laughs> it, man, I don't know what I'd do if he stopped drinking beer. Start smoking weed. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, here's the thing. Tastes have changed. That is a fact. Mm-hmm. The, the taste of the consumer has changed. People want a more delicious beer. And that's not going anywhere. Yeah. Every year, more and more people are drinking more and more craft beer. And I, my dad is a perfect archetype. He was Molsonites yeah. till the day he died. And, uh, well, he's not dead, but I mean, that was the trajectory he was on. <laughs> <laughs> and, um. And you bumped him off course. If it wasn't Molsonites, it was Ice House. Which I used, to, that was like one of the beers. Is that a thing? Mm-hmm. Those blue cans with the silver, they're, like. They're all blue and silver. Didn't we talk about this earlier? <laughs> <laughs> that, that should be our next episode is craft beers with blue and silver labeling. Ooh. 
But um, anyways, but now like he drinks Hopsar, he drinks mm-hmm. hoppy beers, and he loves it. So not only barley wine, yeah, barley wine for sure, or so he calls it brandy wine. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. Just kidding. Not only are not only are consumer tastes changing, but I I feel like if you're an, you know if you turn twenty one today, what's the beer you drink? Are you gonna go crazy and drink Bud? No, I think you're no, gonna you be drawn to the craft 16. market. <laughs> Maybe you did. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I think that. What would be a good, good parallel? Like, it's like how we all didn't used to have cell phones in our pockets. We would all just have the home phone, and then suddenly right. we were introduced to this great technology, and now everybody has a cell phone. I don't think that's ever going to change. Right. It's, it's something where you can't go back. Mm-hmm. You can't go back once you've had a good beer, unless you have alcohol problems, Yeah, which is I a agree. whole other thing. Yeah. But That's Tasha's but, uh, goof du jour. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, uh, <laughs> moving forward, Anthony Arnivas. Good job. I, I think I nailed it. Mm-hmm. Um, says extract or all grain? I get with all grain, you have more variables, but doesn't that also mean less control? Seems like it would be easier to screw something up. Uh, you actually have it backwards. You have much, much more control with all grain. When you're in control of all of your ingredients, um, <laughs> yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm belching here. This is a beer bo- podcast. Unfortunately, you have to take the good with the bad. Sometimes the bad means me belching into the microphone, <laughs> which is deplorable. Anyway, it's like, it's like saying, um, if you're gonna make a homemade pizza, maybe you should just go with the pre-made DiGiorno crust, because that's less variables. Mm. But instead, if you make your own crust at home, then you have more control over the entire pizza yeah. experience. Uh, I I think that um, malt extract is a little bit like the DiGiorno pre-made pizza crust. Yeah, I guess of that's, that's the homebrew world. Good way to put it. <laughs> so no, definitely go all grain. Uh, that said, you can you can bust out a uh, extract homebrew. I mean, you can do it on your stove. When I'm brewing, I'm outside. Like, Yeah, you have a big setup, too. <laughs> I have a lot of shit. There's, like, you need a lot of space, and it makes a big mess if you have the grain. Mm-hmm. It makes a big mess, and, and you it adds, to, like, like, two hours to yeah, your brew day. Yeah, you have to, day. like, mill it and everything. You gotta clean it, and, yeah, you, you have to mill the barley. But, I mean, most homebrew shops, if yeah, you're lucky enough to true. have a homebrew shop in your vicinity, ugh. Then you can just use their mill. But no, all grain is a real chore, but it makes a better product. And you definitely, definitely get more control, not less control over your product. Um, Eric Bla- Blazer. His name is Blazer? That's pretty sweet. Yeah, that was sweet. <laughs> um, I want to start homebrewing. <laughs> Any advice for what? Beer styles are good to start out with where I could get some good recipes. Also, have you tried any Midwest craft beers? The Chicago area has some great breweries like Two Brothers, Revolution, and Three Floyds. Um, beer styles to start out with. Whatever you like, as far yeah, as I'm concerned. Just go with whatever is your favorite. Yeah, definitely brew a beer that you're going to be excited to drink. Yeah. Um... 
My first craft, my or my first homebrew was like a pale ale, and it turned out pretty well. I made an Irish nut brown. Those were like my two first ones, and uh, yeah, just make something you're gonna like. And um, when it comes to finding a beginner recipe, there's a lot of stuff you can find online, but I learned off of the recipes that they gave me at the homebrew shop. They had like a ton oh, of, cool. uh, yeah, they have recipes. And uh, they designed the recipes so that, you know, you can get everything you need yeah. at their shop. That makes sense. And um, it's that that was a great place to start. Are there any books that you would recommend that have good recipes? Uh, yeah, The uh, Complete Joy of Homebrewing by yeah. our Lord and Savior Papazian. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, as to the Midwest craft beers, I've had some. I was lucky enough to have some beers that uh, Bald Move Network executive Aaron brought over when he came to PAX one of those years, and uh, I really like it, but... Yeah, I don't know if I name any it's, Midwest breweries. Yeah, it's just hard to find. Yeah. There's like there's one that's like uh, Rising Sun or something. There's There's some good... Breweries in Indi- Indianapolis, I'd love to be able to travel around more yeah, and visit breweries, but it's it's a distribution issue. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's too hard to compete when you're, like, right next to Seattle and Portland. Yeah, it's not even, it's a competition issue. It's just, like, getting your beer there. Yeah. Getting your beer somewhere is fucking hard. Yeah. It is not easy to get your beer somewhere. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Droz says, JR from Philly guest host? Sorry, JR. No. Nope. I got a, uh, delicious, beautiful wife sitting next to me, so. Ah, <laughs> take that, JR. <laughs> JR is a great, great, great fan of the Personal Guest podcast. Um, John Dominic says, All Grain for the Wind. Can't agree with you more. And then John Dominic says, Again, I guess it's like stick shift versus automatic. Both get you from point A to point B, but there's just something more authentic and enjoyable about stick. I'll have to take your word for that one, John, because <laughs> I don't know how to drive a stick shift. Yeah, I don't drive a stick either, so. <laughs> but, well, we'll just stick with the DiGiorno pre-made yeah. uh, pizza crust. Yeah, let's not talk about cars on this <laughs> podcast ever. Yeah, I hate cars. Um <laughs> I'll just use mine to get from A to B. So I guess we're going to wrap things up here. How do you feel, Taj? How do you feel about uh, your experience? Yeah, I feel pretty good. I wish, uh, I don't know. I wish I had more to say. But I, I don't really know where to even begin. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a brief episode. But, you know, I think leave them want more. Yeah. It's kind of, you know, yeah. it's a good thing. And um, I think we're getting on the right track. As we flesh things out, uh, yeah, we'll have more to say. I'll bring more news mm-hmm. to the podcast because I have access to the trade mags. That's true. So um, when we do the Drunken Married podcast, it'll be it'll be pretty insider, which I think is good. I actually yeah. want to do a lot of interviews too hmm. on all stages of production, including like I'd love to get uh, Ned and Virginia. Yeah, that would be great talk about craft beer and their experience because bartenders are the first line of defense as far mm-hmm. as i'm concerned between me and the customer yeah the last thing i want to do is have to talk to customers yeah and with ned and virginia too they they own the little uh 
which they own the poorhouse poor which is a uh craft beer tap room with uh 12 rotating taps and a bottle shop in this small town which is freaking fantastic yeah, they bring amazing. a lot of really cool uh beer into the small town that tasha and i live in yeah so i'm i'm curious as to how they would like pick that out and what distributors they talk you know that's to interesting like too, that too to to find out what the selection process is like yeah and also like they had like rodenbach grand crew which is a pretty exclusive very expensive i'm sure it was like a 300 hundred dollar quarter barrel oh. beer and uh just kind of what the vetting process is when it comes to not only you selecting beer but your distributors have x amount of kegs to mm-hmm. distribute amongst y amount of uh, you know, locations and how do you, how do you snag it when, yeah. uh, cool, exclusive, uh, rare beer comes? How do you make sure you get that? Yeah. How does that happen? I don't know. I'll have to talk to Nan in Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't mind talking more about like getting people cause you, you start to talk about, you know, you get really deep into the, the process and you really understand, you know, what the difference between rye and barley and the different kinds of hops are. But a lot of people don't know or like what flaked barley is like, what the hell is that? <laughs> so, you know, I could kind of be a translator too. Yeah. To, uh, yeah. Speak. I'm my own worst enemy because I can get too technical. Yeah. And this happens like when I'm hanging out with the, the dudes. Pretty much just about anybody that doesn't work in a brewery. <laughs> I get on a I get on a tear, and I think that people are following me, and they're like, "I you lost me at Flake Barley Dog." <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. If uh, if people need more translations, I could be here for that. Yeah, that'd be cool. A uh, classic personal against nerd to know segment right there. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So uh, Tasha and I are going to pursue this as the Drunken Mary podcast on the Ball Move Network. Speaking of the Ball Move Network, there's a lot of things banging off right now. Banging off? Banging off? Is that a thing? I, I'm, you know, I think that might be my new thing. Oh, God. Things are banging off. Uh, for one thing, if you go to ballmove.com, you can click through. It's holiday season. They got a banner. You go to Ball Move. You click on uh, the banner that takes you to Amazon, and they're giving all those proceeds to Child's Plate. It doesn't wow. cost you a single thing. That's really cool. Yeah. And the money that they would be making, they're not making it. They're sending it over to babies who are sick. That's so, so sweet. How can you not do that? Definitely if you don't do, do that... Instead then- of, so just stop typing Amazon and put baldmove.com in, and then you just click. And it's like super simple. Right. Amazon.baldmove.com will take you there. And you get to be a good person. Up yours downstairs is, uh, they have Colonel Rambo takes charge. I don't even know what that means, but it sounds pretty cool. <laughs> it does. Uh, because show, of course, always clicking. Uh, they <laughs> are. Is that a thing? They're, they're, they're clicking off. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They're doing cool things. You got the personal appearance podcast, hidden cameras, watching dead. And uh so on and so forth. Watching Walking Dead is a uh, is hot right now. People are talking about it. They're tweeting. Yeah, that's true. They're I'm tweeting. They're been speaking. Too scared to watch it, actually. Yeah, truly. But yeah, they got like, all sorts of great uh programming there. Uh If you want to leave us a voicemail for next week's podcast, we'll return to our normal format and three six zero three six two zero zero two four. 
uh, let's see, what is it? Personalarrogance at gmail.com. I think that that's the thing. Look at us on Facebook, like what we have to say, like us on Facebook. If you go to uh, iTunes, and face it, guys, this has been almost 180 episodes of free entertainment. If you are listening to this and you have not gone to iTunes and rated, reviewed us, that I don't even want to associate with you. Yeah, just... How much free content do I have to give you before you'll take the five <laughs> minutes to write a review on iTunes? Come on. This is insane. And I am shaming you. Yeah, I mean, you can even just keep listening to the podcast and just, just go do it. You don't even have to, like, stop listening. Yeah, you don't have to stop. I'm going to keep rambling until you do it as a punishment. <laughs> Great. Um. So, Tasha. Yes. We're at the end of the podcast here. Do you have any recommendations? I didn't write anything down. Oh. But normally, uh, we recommend a couple of things to do. I'm a big fan of Workaholics. Workaholics has been clicking for me. Oh, the new season of Futurama has totally been clicking for me. <laughs> it's been super clicking. Saying clicking for me has been clicking for me. Um, I made some carrot juice today. It was pretty clicking. <laughs> nice. That sounds <laughs> hella clicking. Yeah. Love it. So Futurama, carrot juice, carrot top no. is performing at the Emerald Queen Casino. Ooh, click that. Totally clicking on that. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else? Uh, uh, no, I don't think so. Okay, so uh, this has been the Personal Angers Podcast slash Drunken Married Podcast. Uh, we want to remind you that wherever you go and whatever you do, please stay, stay arrogant and get drunk. <laughs>